This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only. And I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com. And if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written, published article, Who Is at the Helm? From 1965, it's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Michael Savage Podcast. Today's podcast consists of, well, what shall I call it? 
caustic news of the day by the communists in the media, by the communists in Hollywood. I mean, I've called them communists for years because, well, you know, you got to call it like it is. What is a communist? Say, well, how can you call the media communistic? A communist wants the state to run everything. Communist doesn't believe in private property. Communist believes that there should be equity and equality between all. In other words, a communist would like to destroy everything that you have in your life. If you're listening to the show, you are not a communist. And if you are, I wish you would just leave and not listen to me. I could do without you. Look at some of the news out there, for example. I'm going to start today. Well, where shall I start? I can start with my own website because the news is shocking, actually. For me, it's getting worse by the day. And after we get through with the caustic news of the day, I have an interview that was done by Steve Travers, a fine writer and journalist, for my 80th birthday. You say, well, aren't you being self-indulgent? Yeah, I am being self-indulgent. Because if I am not for myself, who will be? If I'm only for myself, who am I? As was written by Maimonides 800 years ago or 1,000 years ago. So I reflect on my career, my family, and achieving the American dream as an immigrant son. Let me remind you again. You'll hear that later on. And he begins by saying, Savage has been a colossus astride the American political scene since 1994 when he rose from the ashes of an academic career curtailed by liberalism edict white males need not apply. He said they did him a favor. They did America a favor too. Well, you'll hear more about that later. The point is, is I was just looking through a book I wrote in 2003. It's coming on the 20th anniversary next year called The Enemy Within. Saving America from the liberal assault on our schools, faith, and military. Was I wrong? The liberal assault on our schools, faith, and military. How do you like that one? Have things changed? And what did I write back in 2003, which had been copied by everyone who called themselves conservatives? Good for them. I'm glad they're my students. Remember, I wrote this in 2003. In The Enemy Within, you'll find out why Savage says our schools are teaching perversion, not patriotism. It, was that true? It's more true now than then. Our courts are ruled by red diaper doper babies. Who do you think is releasing the vermin into the streets? The men who crap in the streets and beat people up and then are put back in the street again. Unborn babies are slaughtered and their body parts sold. That hasn't changed. Illegal aliens are being courted by politicians. No kidding. The liberal media undermines both police and military. The fight over the public display of the Ten Commandments is a defining moment in history. No kidding. Once they got rid of the Ten Commandments, the rest followed. And so, the fact of the matter is, it says, Savage is highly educated. He holds one master's degree in medical botany, another in medical anthropology, and earned his PhD from the University of California at Berkeley in epidemiology and nutrition science. He's also an ardent conservationist and dog owner. Well, the dog is dead. The fact of the matter is, the America that we know is almost gone. The back cover says, where has six decades of radical mad dog liberalism brought us, Savage asks, in his electrifying new book. Now, remember, I wrote this in 2003. I'll tell you where. America's teetering on the cliffs of insanity. Well, we've gone over it. We've gone over it. What is the mantra of the left, Michael asked? Celebrate perversity. 
embrace ultra tolerance, support affirmative racism, and provide government subsidies for every illegal who sneaks across the border. In their haste to push failed socialist ideals, the libs have placed us on a crash course of total destruction, end quote. Really? And what do they call us now? What do they call us now? The New York Times had the audacity today to say that anyone who does not support the war in Ukraine, anyone who does not worship Zelensky, the crazed drug comedian, is now part of the Putin wing of the Republican Party. That's how sick they have become. So let's begin at the beginning, which I just did, the enemy within. And let's look at the news. Weapons, weapons, weapons. Zelensky pleads for firepower. U.S. could supply. I think Zelensky is the worst disaster that has ever happened to the world in modern time. I believe that after this is all over, and pray to God it's over soon, he will be blamed for the destruction of Ukraine by the Ukrainians. The Russians will blame him for the war. Most of the European nations will blame him for the war, and we'll have a wave of anti-Semitism that the world has not seen in 70 years, all because of Zelensky. Did he start the war? No. But he could have settled this war five weeks ago. Hmm. At least it's one man's opinion. I guess I'm not allowed to have this opinion now in the Biden America. Here's another story from michaelsavage.com, my little website that could. Here's a dozen times Joe Biden played a role in Sun Hunter's business dealings. Everything they accused Trump of, Trump did not do, but was being done and is being done by Joe Biden. That's how clever. That's how clever the vermin in the media are. Meanwhile, the minority crime wave continues unabated. 13-year-old girl arrested in a hip-breaking attack on 76-year-old New York City woman. A group of minority women attacked a poor old woman in a vestibule of her own apartment house in the Bronx and laughed as she fell down and broke her hip. Wow. Czech Republic becomes first NATO country to deliver tanks to Ukraine. NATO chief warns more nations to follow. Do you realize that the people who are running the world are stupid? Most of them are absolutely idiotic. Now, why would you throw fuel on the fire and send tanks to Ukraine? First of all, let me explain something to you. How do tanks get from the Czech Republic where they're manufactured to Ukraine? Well, they either have to be brought in by train or brought in by truck. We saw that Russia was able to destroy an oil depot on the border of Poland two weeks ago with a long-range, highly sophisticated missile system. So all these tanks will be blown up as they're being brought in from the Czech Republic. They'll be blown up either on trucks or on trains. But that won't stop the Czechs. They'll just make more tanks. It's good for the military-industrial complex in the Czech Republic, which has always been a weapons manufacturer. They made some very good guns years ago. And so over a dozen T-72 tanks, infantry fighting vehicles, howitzer artillery pieces were shipped to Slovakia en route to Ukraine, said Czech television. The delivery signals a notable escalation against Russia by a NATO ally. So why would NATO plunge itself into a direct military conflict with Russia? Why? They've been carefully waging a proxy campaign since Russia's invasion into Ukraine in February. 
But why would the Czechs and NATO forces want to escalate the war? Because they're a bunch of drug-addicted morons, not the brightest people in the world. You say NATO, you say leaders of countries, you think they're, they're that smart? Zelensky is just a drugged-up comedian who's now acting in his own opera, and he thinks that he is now the most popular man on earth. Every country goes to and begs for weapons and war. He curses them at the same time like a drug addict. He's like the character in uh, a movie, Scarface. Curses the people he's asking for weapons. Puts down the United Nations, tells them they should dissolve for not helping him. What else is in the news? Where shall I begin? Father knows worst. New York Post today. Joe Biden claims he knew nothing about Hunter's business. Here's 12 times he did. They're a crime family. Everything they accused Trump of was false. They were doing it. President Biden and the White House have repeatedly denied that he and Hunter Biden never discussed the first son's business dealings. But the Post says otherwise. And there it is. And you know nothing will happen. And then Barack Obama, the great Barack Obama showed up in the White House and humiliated old feeble Joe. The crowd ran to Barack and Joe bent forward. Look at the picture of him bending forward to his controller boss, Barack Obama. The whole crowd turned away from Joe and ran to uh, Obama. Wouldn't that be funny if Obama ran against Trump in the next presidential election? Huh? How do you like that? What else is in the news that's sickening? What am I calling this today? Caustic news of the day. Let's see. We'll avoid the star stuff. NBC News staffers voice concern over MSNBC's Jen Psaki hire. Oh, come on. Are you joking? Who was it who gave a speech in 1999 at the Commonwealth Club entitled Beware the Government Media Complex? Oh, it was me. There's something new about a Democrat moving over to a Democrat-controlled television network? Please. What else is in the news? I can't even look at it. Meet Vladimir Putin's daughters who face U.S. sanctions over Ukraine war. Why are they bothering the girls? What did they do? What did they do? What is this sexy swimsuit? You can go crazy reading the newspaper. Liberal media critic dead after he's hit by train while riding bike. Okay, sad. Black Lives Matter shows how liberal groups weaponize social media censorship. No kidding, they're a bunch of criminals. They stole 60 to $100 million and bought mansions with it, and we're supposed to not notice it. These gangsters call Black Lives Matter. Gangsters! What now? Kid rocked rapper Kid Creole guilty in 2017, stabbed death of homeless man. Who ever heard of rapper Kid Creole? Rapper. When you say rapper, I say gangster. When you say rap music, I say scum. Now I have to look at my horoscope when I'm looking at this. Aries, don't get angry with yourself. If a project you had such high hopes for is not working out the way you expected, even an Aries has to fail every now and again. So maybe now is the time to end this particular endeavor and start something new. I don't know what it is. I really don't know. Hmm. How do you like that? Oh, goodness. What else is in the news? Lick the blood off her lips. Prosecutor's chilling portrayal of smiling Diablita in MS-13 murders. Bring more of them in, Joe. Joe, bring in more MS-13. Bring in a million of them. We need them in America. Why did BLM's mansion sell for 250% more than similar homes in the area? Because they're gangsters and criminals who belong in jail. Any other questions? What else is in the news? I don't even I could look at this anymore. I didn't want to do this this morning.
I really didn't want to do this this morning. I knew that I'd get worked up. And I, I said, well, you have to do it because you're running a, a biography of yourself, which is excellent, and your, your followers will love it. But you have to throw them some news. Uh, here's another slut from Instagram. Another filthy slut from Instagram. That's Murdoch's stock and trade. More energy insanity from Democrats. Another damn mistake. Threatened price controls won't, won't curb Biden, and, Biden inflation. No kidding. Price controls. When did that ever work? I think Stalin tried that, didn't he? How that worked out for Russia at the time. If I have to look at one more Kardashian, I swear when I smash the screen open. How much did they pay these newspapers that every day have to see these dirty, disgusting, filthy, low life, surgically altered? Oh, I wish I could use the right words for them. I despise looking at their ugly surgical faces and bodies. So I'll get off the New York Post now. I'll jump to I'll jump to Murdoch's other outlet, Fox News. President's sister is latest family member to cash in <laughs> on his career. <laughs> They're calling it Biden Incorporated. <laughs> what a crime family, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, why Dem run cities police force is seeing record resignations. Who would be a cop today in a Dem run city? Man beaten and stabbed on Chicago transit in third violent attack in as many days. Well, look who's running it. You see the face? Okay, I think I've got to stop because it's not good for my health to get this worked up. There's not much more I can say that you don't know. U.S. Senate votes to resurrect World War II era policy to help Ukraine fight Russia invasion. What did these submorons do now? The original Lend-Lease program enabled the U.S. to send weapons to the Allies. We're going to send weapons to the stone comedian in Ukraine? What weapons are we sending now? Oh, Jesus. The Ukraine Democracy Defense Lend-Lease Act of 2022, S3522, passed the Senate by voice vote late Wednesday, gives it enhanced authority for the president to enter into agreements with the government of Ukraine to lend or lease defense articles to that government to protect civilian populations of Ukraine from Russian military invasion. In other words, we're escalating the war. It's a repeat of World War I, which I warned you from the beginning. It's exactly on the same path as World War I. Instead of talking peace, we're talking war. Instead of telling that stone comedian to get the hell out of the way and put a legitimate leader in charge of Ukraine who can settle with Russia and make a peace, we're making war. Can you believe this? We're entering into a direct conflict with Moscow. I'll tell you how this plays out. I'll tell you exactly how it plays out. Because I thought about it hard and fast. No, the world will not come to an end. No, Russia will not use ICBMs. Russia will use weapons we do not have, which are tactical nuclear weapons, which we do not have, with almost very low radiation. He will continue to suck the Ukraine military into pockets which are surrounded by the Russian military, and then he will use tactical nuclear weapons to destroy 50,000 people at once, soldiers. And then what, you'll ask for more weapons for the stone comedian? I can't take it anymore. You know, sometimes... The truth is too hard for people to listen to, and you can easily misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not going to let you misinterpret me. I want peace, not war. Does that make me a Putin ally? No, it makes me an American ally, an ally of America. 
What's this on Breitbart? Is this good news? What is this now? Explosive new documentary. Obama's campaign manager predicted how many votes Biden needed in Wisconsin. Zuckerberg's money helped get there. Zuckerberg's a crumb. Ah, bum. Him and his wife spent $400 million to throw the election, and they're not in prison. Didn't the Democrats scream for campaign finance laws? That psychopath, Zuckerberg, can spend $400 million on an election and rig it? It wasn't rigged? Of course it was rigged. Trans suspect given wrist slap by Gascon accused of molesting four-year-old girl. That Gascon destroyed San Francisco's judicial system. He then went with Soros money to L.A., became the DA of L.A., and now has destroyed Los Angeles, which has a crime wave like they've never seen. And the people put up with all the smart Hollywood geniuses. There they are, the smart geniuses of Hollywood. They're shaking their own houses. Crime soars in Seattle after police defunded. What do you think would happen when you listen to the left-wing fanatic communists from hell? What do you think would happen when you take away the thin blue line? All right, let me, one more, one more website. I've had enough of this. It's 18 minutes of this already. The Drudge Report, I can't even read it. What's this now? USA sanctions Putin daughters. Oh, God, I can't get my blood pressure up. Uh, in Buka, scope of Russian barbarity coming into focus. Germany intercepts conversations on killing civilians. Let me talk about the killing of the civilians. It did happen. It was done by Russian troops, but I do not believe there's any evidence that Putin ordered this. He'd be insane to have done that. Now, why would I say that? Why would he order the killing of civilians? Now, let me explain something to you, if you need a rationalization of reality. Remember the Lieutenant Callie, the killings at My Lai in the Vietnam War? Many of you don't remember this. A rogue Lieutenant Callie slaughtered innocent Vietnamese civilians. It was a disaster for the United States of America, certainly a disaster for Vietnam to have civilians slaughtered like that. But it was not ordered by President Johnson. However, it did bring about the downfall of President Johnson. That's exactly what is going on with this slaughter in Bukha. The killing of civilians was not ordered by Putin. He would be insane to have done that, and he's not insane. The fact of the matter is, a mad soldier in command of a group of soldiers killed a civilian. It will probably bring down Putin, if not in the short, then in the medium term. Russia will probably try to get rid of their own leadership, if they can. I doubt that they can, by the way any more than we can get rid of our own leadership here. We know Biden's incompetent. We know that he is absolutely suffering from Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease, and we have no control over what he does. Floods America with illegal immigrants. Fuels a war that should have been stopped a month ago if we had a legitimate leader. Breaks the economy. Destroys our energy policies. Let's Black Lives Matter run rampant over America and destroy it. What can we do about it? We're living in a dictatorship. Ruble comes roaring back. We try to destroy the ruble. Joe the moron, our president, joked that it, the ruble is rubble. It's not rubble. It came roaring back because there's so much money coming out of the oil revenue. Super yachts, seaside apartments, suitcases full of cash. Russians pour money into Turkey. Now Turkey's going to come? Turkey now. I don't have nothing to say about that. What now? 
New York Times urges reporters to reduce Twitter use. They can go to hell. You want me to talk about vaccinations? Fourth Fax extends protection for just a few weeks, study shows. They're a scam. They're a total scam. In fact, most of the new cases that I have been studying of uh, COVID are coming amongst people who've been vaccinated and, uh, what do you call them, boosted. I got boosted. I love the morons. I got my fourth booster. They're destroying their own natural immune system, their natural immunity, and they're getting the disease. That's all. Anything else? I don't know what else to say to you. Uh, Texas drought worse than this. Senate votes today can make Jackson first black woman on Supreme Court. Don't say first black woman. Say first moron. Say first dummy. Say first affirmative action case pushed onto the Supreme Court. She's an idiot. She's stupid. And she's a danger to the republic. There was another African, or you want to say black woman, who had bipartisan support, Democrats and Republicans, who was not put forward by the senile idiot in the White House. Instead, we have this disaster. Wait until you see what she does there. The, the grandstanding. Fox that bit six people at Capitol had rabies. Are they talking about Murdoch? Update what? Fox that bit six people at Capitol had rabies. They don't mean Murdoch, do they? All right, I think I've had enough for the day. Thanks for listening to Caustic News of the Day. And now you're going to hear something phenomenal, something great, which is a long-form live interview that I did for my 80th birthday. Oh, there's more news. I'll stop right now. There'll be more coming. There's no end to the toxic news, is there? This is Michael Savage. If you like what I do and you like what I say, then do something for me. Patronize my advertisers and share my podcast with five friends. Michael Savage, a host like no other. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Okay, this is a Savage at 80, interviewed by Stephen Travers. We're going to do a question and answer with Dr. Michael Savage, who is a man... I've known for many years. I've interviewed in the past. I've observed um, the changes in his career, the changes in his life. We're going to talk about that. I last formally interviewed you, Dr. Savage, in 2011. Uh, much has changed in many ways since then, but the ways people communicate has changed as much as anything. You have been in the middle of this seismic shift. Please comment on what the view has been from within this vortex. Okay, Steve. Thanks. Well, just this morning, I read that um, some unknown podcasters who I never heard of had Donald Trump on, and uh, they had 5 million views in 24 hours on a little podcast I never heard of. So I said, who are these people? So Doug and Karen said, oh, they've done prank videos since 2010. They have a, a huge youth following. 
So Trump was on my podcast and we got the normal 250 to 400,000 downloads, which is very significant for a serious podcast. But what I'm saying, Steve, five million views in 24 hours. From prank video manufacturers, and this is where the politicians are all going. From Donald Trump to uh, uh, Zelensky, they're all going to the youth audience. Now, I can sit here and say they're all dummies. Not everyone was young is dumb. I was once young and I wasn't dumb. But the point is pretty obvious. You could call it the dumbing down. You could call it the anything you want. They do not understand life. They do not understand war. They do not understand peace. They don't understand anything except drugs, sex and rock and roll and getting a kick as fast as they can. They were raised on it. Most of the youth in this country were raised on medication without a doubt, whether it's uh, was Ritalin in the 70s that became Adderall in the 80s and 90s. God knows what the kids are on today. In addition to being brainwashed, that they're culturally insensitive. I have a friend who has a 10 year old in school and she had a Japanese substitute teacher. And she came home and said, Dad, I really like the Japanese teacher's accent. Is that a microaggression? 10 years old, Steve, to show you how far the country has changed. So it goes back to your question. I started in radio in 94 when radio was a very hot medium. And I set the Bay Area on fire with insights, my staccato delivery and my take no prisoners attitude. They never heard anything like it. Suddenly they hear a guy speaking like maybe they think and they couldn't believe they were hearing it. So everything has changed. Even podcasting has changed since I started it a couple of years ago. When I first started in podcasting, people said, oh, on podcasting, you can say whatever you want. It's not constrained like commercial radio. That's all changed. It's all advertiser driven. And you have to be very careful what you say or you'll get boycotted, not only by the advertisers, but by the platforms that support podcasts. There's no such thing as an independent voice anymore in the media. So everyone's walking around, looking over their shoulder, myself included. Uh, so that's how that changed. That's questions. One, those are questions one and two, Steve. <laughs> well, it, it occurs to me, and whether you like to admit this or not, Dr. Savage, you're very responsible for it because you're one of the people uh, who played a big role in this change. You're one of the people who created something that didn't exist before and exists now. And whether these podcasters that you like or disdain, uh, no matter how you look at it, they're very much inspired by you. How do you feel about that? What do you mean inspired in what say? Speaking out? In I think in, speak, in speaking out and having a voice that wasn't hurt. You mentioned, because I can, I can verify this, having been there and listening to you. Uh, I guess, it was, was it KSFO? Was that the yeah. station? Yeah. Yes. I was there and I'm driving around and I had never heard this before. I'm driving around and I've been listening to the usual pablum. Now I'm listening to Dr. Michael Savage, and I had never heard anything like this. So what I'm saying is you've created a change in the way people express themselves, and it's, you're as big a reason for it as any, whether you, whether you realize it or not. We've talked for years, 
on the phone. We've never even seen each other. Now we see each other by, by Zoom, which is great. I love Zoom, by the way. It's so much better than in-person meetings. You, know, <laughs> you, you meet, it's efficient. Uh, you don't have to ask a waiter for anything. And the minute it's over, you can go back to your bathroom or your refrigerator or your bed, whatever you'd like. I love, actually, I love modern technology. I, I do this all the time. And the meetings are great. They're very intimate in a strange way. And there's no uh, transmission of microbes, no colds, no flu, no COVID. Uh, I don't know that I'm the only one responsible for it. I know I was different than anyone else when I hit the airwaves here. Nobody was doing what I was doing. You had Rush Limbaugh, and I won't say anything about him because he's dead. And he did what he did, and he was very good at what he did. I took it in a different direction, kind of man in the street. Um, it wasn't programmed and it wasn't predictable and it wasn't a Republican National Committee talking points. Let's leave it at that. It was just a guy talking who could have been your uncle or your father, maybe the grandfather when I first started. And that's about it. So I, I projected a man in the street voice, I think. I, I don't want to compare it to um the movie that I just saw the other night on TMC, my favorite channel. Now I can't stand watching television. I, I for good reason. And I don't even want to go into it. So I go to TMC because I watch movies in the fifties and sixties where it was what it was. It was the world. I grew up in the world. I understand, or I revert to watching the Sopranos because first of all, they're masterpieces. Secondly, I understand their lingo, but I watched a movie called the network from way back in the 60s. You probably remember it. Did you ever see it, the network? Do you mean Faye Dunaway? And William yes. Holden? Yes. Where the Great. character whose character's name, I forget, screams. Well, you, 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 you I, are totally that guy. I can't, I, I can't take it anymore. I'm mad as hell, and I can't take it remember anymore. Remember, he tells his listeners to stick their hat in the window and scream, I'm mad as hell, and I can't take it anymore. Yeah. And the camera pans back to the apartment building and slowly one after the other starts screaming, I'm mad as hell and I can't take it anymore. I remember when I was on KSL in the early years, um, I was on from like uh, 4 to 7 p.m. And in the winter, it would get dark early. And I would say, if you're listening to this show and you're on 580, 480, 380, 280, 180 is the joke about the 80s, the Bay Area, flash your lights on and off to let others know that you're listening to Michael Savage. And I get calls like, oh, my God, the highway lit up with flashing lights. So I was reaching people. I did not even I had not even seen the uh, network at that. I don't remember ever watching the movie. The Savage Nation. It's Savage on demand. But moving on to the next question. Um, I think we're on to question when you started. Very few young people. Well, podcasting was primitive and amateur a decade ago. And yes. today, podcasters, YouTubers, and social media influencers, uh, the top ones, are millionaires. You've been a podcaster for a year now. So first, I'm going to ask you, um, after one year, how do you see that from an artistic point of view? From an artistic point of view, it's very interesting. That's a great question because it's separate from the commercial point of view. I actually enjoy it more than live radio, except for one thing. I miss my listeners and my callers in the worst way. There's no feedback. And uh, I, 
I like it. It's like it was like a live audience. Sure. It was Steve. I moved to the Bay Area. I had no friends here. And I found the vacuity amongst people. No feedback. They would look at you like you were mad if you talked to them. Right. Like, no, hello. And you start to talk to people as we did in New York and you get nothing back. They'd stare at you with a dumb Bay Area stare like, what are you crazy? Why are you yeah. even talking? I got so fed up. And I remember meeting a guy, strangely enough, from Croatia, good looking blonde guy, blue eyes, giving you a picture of him in the streets of North Beach as I was going in and out of North Beach in those days in cafes and whatnot. He went crazy here after a year and he looked at me once and he said, there's no continuum here. You talk to people and there's nothing comes back at you. He went crazy and left the country. Well, I didn't want to go crazy, so I created my own world called the Savage Nation. It took off like a rocket. Nobody knew what to make of it. And frankly, I was able to get away with anything I wanted to do in radio because I was so hot. There was almost no censorship, and I wouldn't use dirty words. I'm not Howard Stern. Howard Stern is, a, is, is a, the lowest of the lowest. I didn't revert to the level of filth and vulgarity. I didn't have to to attract an audience. So um, here we are. That was the Savage Nation then. Podcasting artistically is in some ways much better for me. I must say I had a heart attack. God forbid I suffered a heart attack. I didn't have one a couple of years ago. It changed my life because um, although it was not the widow maker, they told me I almost died. It was touch and go. I prayed on the way into the operating room and the doctor thought I was mumbling to myself. I don't know if I told you this. No, I haven't heard this. I mean, you know, my wife drove me to the ER room. I thought it was indigestion. She insisted we go. And uh, I had a fight with the idiot intake nurse. Even though I'd called the cardiologist, I'm having a heart attack. He said, come right in. She made me start checking in some dumb moron at the front desk at Marin General. I said, are you crazy? I'm having a heart attack. They're waiting for me. She called security on me while I was having a heart attack. I must say some young moron. This is with the heart attack. They bring me into the, the room before the ER room and they put me on fentanyl and God knows what else. Strip my clothing off. In come two guards about six foot ten tall. And they look at me <laughs> laying there. and They look down like he's the one causing the trouble. They couldn't believe that this idiot called call, called them on me. This is what I experienced. So anyway, the long and short is. As they're wheeling me in for the stent, I start repeating in Hebrew. Hero Israel, Lord our God, the Lord is one. And I repeat that. Then I say, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil. Uh, I repeated both in English and Hebrew, two different prayers. Okay. But I was stoned on fentanyl. And all I saw were the lights. And when it was over, the doctor was a brilliant young Hispanic guy, by the way. Uh, magna cum laude out of Harvard Medical School. If you looked at him, he looked like a kid. He did a brilliant job. And uh, he said to my wife, he said he was mumbling to himself on the way to the emergency room, <laughs> mumbling. I was praying. So this is an example of the disconnect between spirit, prayer and, and med modern medicine. I mean, they both work. Did he understand that the prayer kept me alive, perhaps along with his skills as a surgeon? So, Steve, I'm just answering this in a, in a very I, a I roundabout way. I, and, and let me just say this. I've listened to you for 30 years and 
probably what I've enjoyed the most is when you start talking about the Bible, the Old Testament, spirituality. Well, you're, you're a guy who believes in that, as I do. I do. Well, let's jump cut to today. I'm going to show you something. <clears throat> I go on Newsmax three nights a week now for short pieces. It depends upon the host whether they can give me a minute or four. Most of them cut me off because, you know, there's time constraints and their sense of timing is different than mine. So I expect I, I, I accept what they do. It's their show, not mine. OK. Before I go on, I have this little white Bible, a prayer book in Hebrew and in English that my grandmother gave to me when I was 13. I never really read it, but I've carried it with me for all these years. One way or there here it is still here. I'm turning 80 and this little book given to me by bar mitzvah, which meant nothing to me, just a pretty little leather book that my atheist Russian, my, my atheist Ukrainian grandmother gave to me, by the way. I always thought we were Russian Jews, but we were Ukrainian Jews, by the way. There's something, a separate issue in this story is the war going on. I'm actually part, I'm a Ukrainian Jewish. I don't even know how many years. This is a great question I was going to research today. How many years were Jews in Ukraine? I don't know when they got there, where they come from. You know, they say Ashkenazi Jews. They almost all lived in that area, in the Pale of Settlement around Minsk. over the centuries. That's where my fa my father, grandfather and grandmother were from. And my ancestors were, were bit, they were scholars. They were Jewish. You know, pray, they prayed. I never met them, but I found that's what they did. They all did. They were all religious. The, the Bible kept them alive. The prayer book kept them day to day in the midst of the starkness of their lives. They had the ritual of the morning prayer, the afternoon prayer, the evening prayer, the birth prayer, the death prayer, the prayer for the dead. This kept the people alive through millennia. And so you read this. He who inhabiteth eternity, exalted and holy is his name and is written, exalted in the Lord, are you righteous praises? It's always about the eternal Lord. So when the point of the book is sometimes before I go on the air, I'm sitting here all connected up for Newsmax hat, makeup, notes in order, ready to talk. I start to read the book. People say, well, why are you reading that book? It gives me strength, focus. I have a friend who I interviewed last week called Jeff uh, Rovin, brilliant novelist. He wrote all of this. The um, What were the novels that he wrote? <laughs> it escapes me. He's a world-famous novelist. He wrote all of the um, Tom Clancy novels. He's pretty big, and he's written screenplays. But Jeff's a martial artist for the last 65 years. So I watched Jeff do Tai Chi teaching in his house yesterday. He does a class once a week. Very gracefully, tall guy. I said, how did you learn to do this? What method do you use? And it's all about taking energy and running it up through your body, up into your head. All of that, something to do with that. I realize prayer is very much that if it, if it works. Does it work for me? I don't know, but I do it because, Steve, at this stage of my life and career, I think I'm only living because God wants me to try and work. God just simply wants me to do things that are for him. I don't know how else to put it. I'm not a holy guy at all. I'm still so flawed. It's frightening. As I don't have a whole I don't have a holy robe. I'm still a half person in so many ways. I'll admit it. We're all dirty. We're all dirty 
dirty rags in the eyes of God. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but man, I try my best. And sometimes I say, like every night, God, please, you know, I hope I see you in the morning. And I wake up and I say, there's only one reason you're getting up is because he wants you to do his work. And what I did in my show last night was called a path to peace. I did a, a podcast called a path to peace. And I did a, a YouTube piece. And I did a Newsmax piece called a path to peace. I'm trying my best to be a voice of peace. So you ask about the artistic point of view. The spiritual point of view is connected to the artistic point of view in my case. And now you want to know about a business point of view. Well, I can't give you details. My, my podcast is in the top 0.4 or 0.5% of all podcasts, according to my advertising agency. However, although I am making a reasonably good living, it's not what some people are making it who are doing silly podcasts uh, of, of one nature or another, because the advertisers don't want to be on my type of show. Anyone who's controversial, meaning who speaks the truth, is off limits. So they put them on TikTokers and dummies and they sell those shows out. And those are the ones getting the richest because the advertisers are terrified of truth. They're afraid of boycotts. That's the answer to that. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered and raw. Next question. Let's move on. Well, I think of my father, uh, Michael, he was born when air flight was in its infancy. Mm -hmm. and he died, of course, after men had landed on the moon, we had nuclear weapons. I think your journey has been equally epic in a shorter period of time. Mm. Tell me what profound changes strike you between 1994 and 2022. Well, I once did a long poem for radio where I said, you know, I've seen the first jet plane, that kind of thing. And I went all the way through the whole thing. I've lived through some historic times in my life. You won't believe this. And here they are. Look what I have seen in my lifetime. I want to show you how long I've been around this planet. So you're going to get a feeling of what I've seen in my lifetime. One, Superman defeated by every man in World War II. Two, the first atomic bomb used in warfare. The establishment of the state of Israel. The popularization of television. This is all in my lifetime. The popularization of air conditioning the popularization of air travel, the popularization of the personal computer, the invention of the internet, the assassinations of John F. Kennedy, Robert, e. Ke Robert F. Kennedy, and Martin Luther King Jr. I've seen the first man walk on the moon. I've seen the mainstreaming of homosexuality. I've seen the complete integration of blacks and whites. I've seen the development of mass welfare for unproductive citizens. I've seen the destruction of America's judicial system by corrupt lawyers. I've seen the meltdown of America's borders. I've seen the self-genocide of America's European-American majority through a mass abortion and mass tolerance of diverse sexualities. I've seen the acceptance of narcotics. I've seen the debasement of religion. I've seen the takeover of corporations by gamblers and con men. I've seen the elimination of grades in many schools. I've seen the introduction of racial quota systems. I've seen the impeachment of a president. What will I see uh, in the future? Well, that's for you to decide, not me. I was born before there was television. Think about that. Bronx, 1942. The first TVs were in 49. I remember someone in the block had one with a big magnifying glass on the front of the TV screen. And all the kids would sit on the living room floor in that little apartment. The guy who had the, the, the kids who had the television set with the center, you know, we'd all go there and they had the big magnifying 
glass in the front of the screen to make it bigger. I don't know if anyone remembers it. And that, that was TV first time. Now look where we are. Everyone walks around not only with their own television set, but their own broadcasting channel. Everyone's a, phone. everyone's a star behind their bars. This is the problem today with social media. What I've discovered and I'm active on it and it's very frustrating. And I think of giving it up the insults and the stupidity that are equal to the to the performer or the genius, whatever it may be, because they answer you. However, illiterate or vulgar it may be, they think they're equal to you. So if Einstein had a, a Twitter following and he put up a theory of uh, physics of some kind and some dumb idiot would say you're you're a Jew moron. What kind of name is Einstein? That person would have an equal reach to Einstein. There's no screening. So everything becomes equal of the vulgar tramp, the mind of the moron. They don't even listen to what you're saying. They think that by throwing shit in your face, they're equal to you. I'm going to get very vulgar because it gets me so angry that people don't even know what's true or false anymore because of social media. And yet I'm on it because it's a great way to communicate with those who actually know what the hell you're talking about. World leaders used social media. Look what Trump did. And they threw him off for being too real. You have four men running the world for four people, rather running the whole world of the mind now with social media. It's it's sickening. We all know social media shouldn't be this powerful. So you say, well, it should be controlled like through the FCC. And then what? You're going to give the control over to governmental agents. How much better would that be? Anyway, so, yeah, that's the biggest change is the communication methods. I'm on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and uh, other some other places. And I do like to communicate. And what I do now is I try not to read some of the negatives because it can ups, it can it can get to you after a while. Yeah. It can wear you out. I read recently, Steve, that when someone puts you down, your your oxycontin levels go down. It could actually harm you physically. If you tell someone you're no good, let's say it's a relationship. You're no good. You're garbage. What happens is you actually your levels of good feeling hormones go way down. You can get sick and die from it. And this is what social media is filled with people wanting to make you die. It's pure evil. There's pure evil there. Let me make an observation, if you will, Michael. Uh, I know you're not a big sports fan, and I am, but you remind me of the great baseball player, Ted Williams. And I'll tell you why. Ted Williams, of course, was adored and loved by millions, just like you are. But he didn't hear the cheers. If one guy was booing Ted Williams, that's what he heard. And that's what I'm hearing you talk about. It sounds like a similar dynamic. Who said that? Please, you're a sports guy. Ted Williams, the great baseball player. So he was sensitive to the pilot. he was sensitive to the booer. He was sensitive to the booer. Fifty thousand people could be cheering him. One guy in left field could be going boo. And he heard him. Uh, he could have there could be nine articles in the, in the Boston Globe lauding him. One guy would write a negative piece and that's what he would. And what would he do with the negatives? What would what would he do? Believe it or not, he was so skilled as a hitter. He actually could hit line drives into the stands, aiming it at the fan. Uh, <laughs> and he may have actually there was a similar scene in the movie The Natural, which is kind of based on him. We're, uh, we're going that's a funny, little too a sports far analogy. Away, but that, it reminds me uh, of what you're talking. 
to you, your questions are very interesting, which is the cavemen to the Romans and all of that. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a well, one thing has never changed and since the cavemen to the Romans to date, and that is the need for storytellers. That's I, I think of myself in that area. You're, oh, there's always going to be scribes. There's always going to be people who need to describe the way we're living, the things that are happening. Um, at the heart of it, that's what you are. So expand, if you will, on this view. You know, I've told most of the stories that need to be told. There aren't too many stories left to tell. Although, since you asked the question, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> Concurrently with this, I'm, I hired an archivist. I was, it was a one in a 10 million fine that we took an ad. She's a museum specialist, an archivist by training, who's going through every piece of every story I've ever written, manuscripts going back to the 60s, all my memorabilia, everything from radio, all the tapes. And so there are many unpublished stories that have yet to be seen that I have written over the years. Some of them are current as well, but they're not podcast material or media material necessarily. There's no real stories to tell right now. Life stories with COVID for the last few years and all of us retreating into ourselves. And I don't go out much. Maybe I'll go to the restaurants locally a couple of times a week, which is what I do. I don't go to the city anymore. I give up my city apartment after I had that illness. And I used to go to the city a couple of times a week, do my show out of my apartment and then walk around the North Beach, meet some friends, talk to restaurant owners. Well, the restaurant owners I liked are, are dead or gone. Lorenzo Petroni died in the North, died. The restaurant's run by someone else. Uh, my other friend who owned uh, uh, Pinocchio's, he's out of business, driven by COVID. So there's no place for me to really go where I have a place to go to. I don't go to cafes to talk to strangers. There's no real stories per se right now, nor do I need any. The only story that I have today is a story of uh, trying to survive and keep my health. I swear to God. And, and by the way, I mean, I, look, Steve, I'm doing two podcasts a week. I'm doing three TV shows a week, even though they're four minutes each. I have to prepare for them to make them good. Yesterday's piece had to be prepared very carefully to avoid going in the wrong directions. And I couldn't go in certain directions on TV. So I did a path for peace after interviewing Colonel McGregor. And I thought I did a really good job. So they take work. So there's TV shows, three podcasts, two. That's five. I'm working on a new book for Newsmax's publishing arm. It's going to be a great book sort of the uh, capstone of my whole career. So I look, I'm doing all I can do. And there's not many stories to tell. I don't travel much. I have a Corvette, a new Corvette I bought last year, which I hardly drive. I have an old 1970 Jaguar XKE, which poor thing sits in the garage, which I'm probably going to sell now. We sold the XK150 last year because getting a mechanic to take care of them, it's a shame unless you're, you're a collector who can take care of these things. They just go bad. So I don't have Teddy died this year. My loyal companion, the mascot of the Savage Nation, was yeah. a huge, terrible loss around Thanksgiving. And Janet and I buried him up on the hill at our hill house. And I gave him an actual, believe it or not, a religious burial. I did it. We got a coffin for him and I, I cried my heart out. And I, I am through crying. There's no tears left. It's an emptiness. It's a hole. I have no dog. I've had a dog since I'm a child. And I used to call Teddy my spirit guide. And when I lay down in bed at night and he was with me, I felt protected with Teddy I, because he certainly was the ears 
for the house better than a burglar alarm. Everyone knows that. I mean, I have many loaded weapons in my house, God forbid. But someone needs to set off the alarm signal for you to be, you know, able to protect yourself. He was it. I have nothing now. So you say, well, what does that really mean? Doesn't mean much. I mean, I have an alarm system. It was more a spirit guide than an alarm system. I felt that Teddy, I don't know if you have a pet, Steve. Do you have a pet? I, I do. I felt that my dog, and I think most people feel with their pets, they communicate with the animal spirits that are around us. And I believe that they keep them, the bad ones away from us. I truly do. You know, like the Chinese had food dogs on the corners of their house. I had I had a dog that saved my father's life on a number of occasions by waking my mother up when my dad would go into a diabetic coma. Oh. My mother was a, was a nurse and would be awoken in the middle of the night to help my dad out. There you go. Well, so we all know what pets are, right? So I'm missing Teddy. I keep thinking, you know, the type topic today is Savage at 80. Am I going to get a new dog? First of all, after Teddy, I said, I'll never go through this again. Uh, Steve, I don't want to make this thing a maudlin interview. I never did this with a pet before. And I had a pets I loved before, like Snowy. But when she was in the last days, we gave her to a family up in Sonoma and they took care of her. And then she was taken to a vet to be euthanized. But I, I never held a dog and had the dog euthanized till Teddy. I'll never do it again as long as I live. I felt that I lied to him and cheated. I, I lied to him. He trusted me and I let the doctor take his life while he was there because he couldn't go on. He was blind for over a year. He was deaf. He could walk toward the end. His legs were out. Everything was going, but he wouldn't die. His heart was too strong. He was a little warrior. I can't go through it again, but I see dogs. I want one so badly. I want some, I want some big dog, you know, like some kind of Siberian Husky. Anyway, that's enough with the dogs. I'm 80, Steve. What am I going to do? Get a dog now and live with a wise woman named Janet. When was asked many years ago, why do pets die before us? She said, God set it up that way because if it was the other way around. They'd be left alone with no one to take care of them. And children understand that it's a great way to tell children why their pets die before them. God wants it that way because otherwise they would be left alone and nobody would take care of them. Well, I, how many years do I have left? Do I know? I cannot pick up. I can't do it. Nothing disgusts me more than seeing people slinging uh, newspaper bags with dog waste in it. I want to throw up. But that's a separate story. How what kind of society is this that people walk around with bags of dog crap in their hand like it's a normal thing to do? I want to puke when I look at it. You see beautiful women walking around with. I, I don't understand the world I'm living in. And they, it's like they, they, it's hanging down in their hand. Yeah. And like, lady, please, isn't there some way to hide that from me? They, they, they just they just got a pedicure, but they're holding a pile. Oh, my God. No. So I don't know. I won't even get a goldfish. I don't want to leave it alone. But let me let, let's move on. OK, let's move away <laughs> from the scatological. I agree. Home of borders, language, culture, the savage nation. But when you started, very, very few young people. Uh, in media or journalism would say that their goal was to be a talk radio host. Today, millions of people desire to attain this very platform, yet it remains one of the hardest things to succeed in. Are people like you born or can they be trained? No, no, it's an inherent. Either you have an inherent ability to communicate. You can't learn this stuff. It's like radio. 
you can hear the difference in radio. Um, people just de deliver news stories and nobody wants to hear that. That's why radio died. It, it not only did it, Rush Limbaugh died and I left radio and people have told me radio, the airwaves are dead. There's nothing there because all you've got are people reading news and making believe they're angry on the conservative side. Oh, man, at the liberals, the liberals did that. How many years can we hear the same over and over again? Liberal, bad, conservative, good. Ronald Reagan was a genius over and over again. The same thing. So I don't think you can learn the medium unless you have an intuitive ability to do more than just uh, read the news. You have to have some history knowledge. You have knowledge of history and literature. Everyone knows that when I did radio, what I did was I incorporated virtually everything from a bad Chinese meal to Plato in a broadcast. Nobody could do it but me, and nobody has ever been able to do it. Some did it before me, way back when. Anyway, you, yeah, you, you mentioned Plato, and that was my next question, because he believed that men of right thinking could be trained to be political leaders. There's even an academy in, in France that produces such men. Was Plato right or wrong and why? Plato believed men of right thinking could be trained to be our political leaders. Well, I'm political certainly sure, I'm certainly wow. sure that the Kennedy School of Government thinks that they're training correct political leaders and what they come out to look like are Macron in France and right. uh, Trudeau, who I call false Doe in Canada. Those are the men who come out of the academies that are training political leaders. I'll let people decide whether they're <laughs> the right political leaders for our time. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, we know there, and you may or may not want to talk about this, but I'll ask the question and you can choose to answer it or not. Uh, we know that there are competitors in your field that you dislike. Do you still dislike them? But are there any that you admire? I don't want to mention anybody else. I don't actually, I, Steve, if I tell you I've never listened to the radio after I left, I wouldn't be lying to you. I actually have a radio that's been wrapped up. I don't turn it on anymore. For a couple of, no, I don't listen. I don't listen to them at all. There's nothing that I need to hear that I don't know already. Right. So what are they going to give me that I don't know? And I'm too busy doing my own stuff. And then I need quietude in between those times. I don't need to fill my head with static. Am I just as competitive? No, I have to cut it off when I feel myself getting angry at people or I feel the competitiveness rising in me again. I think to myself, Michael. When you are at your peak in radio, you're a king. You don't have to re resort to anger. There's no need for it. You had your time. Let the others have their time. I don't care how good they do or how bad they do. That's their fate. They're on their own road. They're on their own road. They have to answer to God, not me. Each man has to traverse his own road. God bless everybody doing their thing. I don't care. And I cut it off. I take a deep breath, walk back. And I say, no, because I don't want my blood pressure to go up and I don't want to get sick again. Competitiveness is good to a point. And then at a certain point, it can turn on you and you can really kill yourself with it, as everybody knows. So the, the answer is I don't listen to the radio. I do watch TV because I'm on Newsmax TV and some of them are phenomenally good. Some of the hosts are so smart. And you know what it does for me? I must tell you now that you mention it. I watch some of these people. They're so bright and their monologues are so well written. I realize I get relaxed watching them saying, you know, there are others now doing good work. 
a lot of people are saying the right thing now. Don't worry about it. There's a lot of good people out there. That's what I feel. So you're not as competitive now as you ever were? No. No, because I, I, I'm not in the same game of fighting with you anybody. Don't, you don't feel that you have to win every battle anymore? Well, I'm not in that many battles anymore, but <laughs> I don't, I'm not in too many battles. I, I don't argue with people. And, and it co comes back to the social media. I think I have to stop responding to social media. I don't yeah. think it's at all I, healthy for me. You do. You do. I can, I can tell you for a fact from my own personal limited experience compared with yours, uh, you just have to ignore that stuff. You do not respond to everybody. I don't think so. And yet it's my way of keeping in touch with my audience, but it isn't because they're not my audience. They're just hecklers. Yeah. The kids would have been thrown out. Of you're just elevating them. As you mentioned earlier, you're elevating them to you by responding to them. Well, I have a, uh, another one other thing to mention about this. I have the free podcast, which is heard by one, about 225,000 people a week, which is significant. Real people. That's the ad agency telling me that. That's what they sell it at. And then I have a paid podcast, which is ad free. People pay to get it without ads. And there's not a lot, a couple of thousand people. But that's my core audience is the people who pay that $4 a month to hear my show without ads and uh, they get an occasional other stuff from me, but they also have something that they love, which is an email account that they can talk to me directly. And I try to answer them. That's my core audience. And right. so those are the people I turn to. If I, if I have a question, like, did you like my interview with Jeff Rovin? And they answer me, that's where I go for my audience. That's my live audience. Michael Savage, a host like no other. You know, uh, I think one of the inspirations for this interview, as you mentioned, was Al Pacino. He recently turned 80. Mm. He mellowed. And I'd say the best way to describe him is he no longer needs to be a leading man. Well, <laughs> I, you've already said that you've mellowed. So are you saying you no longer need to be the leading man? Or is that a... Is uh, that no, a that's an interesting question? question. I read that interview. I read the interview with Al Pacino, which is why I called you to do this interview. I don't think I've mellowed. I think what I, I said... I don't think you have either. I think what I've said is I'm less competitive. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need yeah. to be the leading man? Yes, we're all the star of our own opera. Right. Do I think I'm doing work that's important? I wouldn't do it otherwise. Why am I doing it? I'm not doing it for the money. Certainly, there's an element of finances, but I'm way past that point in my life. I'm doing it for two reasons. One, who the hell would I talk to about what's going on in the world other than my podcast audience and my TV show? And a man like me can't suddenly stop seeing what's going on, especially in a wartime. I have my own opinions, so I have to express them. The world is pretty empty out there, Steve. If you're a man who's engaged mentally or a person engaged mentally, you can't just turn it off when you reach a certain age. So in a sense, we're all our own star behind our bars, the bars on our phone. If we have enough bars, we can be a star. We're all a star behind our bars. And um, everyone on YouTube thinks they're a star. An audience well, of 10... In that, in, in that respect, sir, um, are there any 
Michael Savage is in our future? Someone other than you? Is there someone like you? I don't know. I don't know. There's an old joke, you know, God broke the mold after he made me. I don't know. He did. And and this leads to my next question, because, you know, we've you've often talked about New York. I was in New York in September. In fact, I I believe I texted you about some of my observations and you, you know, you said you're you're very cogent about what you're seeing. And I've been, you know, I've gone there pretty much once a decade all my life, and I've seen the changes in that city over the decades. And the people in New York today, don't, they don't look any different than the people in Marin County, which was completely different than, you know, in my youth. New Yorkers had an edge and a way. Wow. And you mentioned in Marin County, they don't say hi. They don't do that in New York anymore either. Isn't that interesting? So do the streets of, of your youth, can a man like you emerge in this new world? You know, I recently said to someone that I grew up in, a, in, in, in an urban environment. It was a seven-story block of apartment buildings on Longfellow Avenue. And I said my life was like that of a Sajat Ray movie. And most people don't know who he is, an Indian filmmaker, great one. And those in the film world know immediately what I'm talking about, that dense Calcutta life, people everywhere. Wherever you turn, yeah. something going on, people dying, people being born, cripples in the street. That was my life. That shapes you. That shapes you. And then, of course, I had a pretty crazy experience as a kid working in my father's store, cleaning bronzes with cyanide solution. I mean, you talk about what that does to a head. You know, <laughs> I, the cyanide is used to kill people, was used as a, to kill people in San Quentin. Now, you know, okay, so right, okay, a lot of stuff. I've told all the stories, you know, Louie and the Monkey and Fat yeah. Al's Tuna. See, They're those all beautiful. stories don't exist anymore. No, people they don't Brooklyn, exist. People no, in no, Brooklyn, it's... those houses in Brooklyn are worth, you know, $2 million. You, you, those lives are gone. People yeah, like who live if, those if, lives cannot afford to live in Manhattan. My most recent book about my life is called The Savage Life, and it's all of the childhood stories combined into one book in a good form. I don't know. I would say that ethnic communities today do have that kind of life in the cauldron. A densely packed Mexican community might have that kind of life. You know, kids in a Mexican community would have it. Immigrant communities would have that in America. I don't think that that changes when you have a lot of people around each other living in close quarters. You get the tension required to create or to to generate that creative mind. Look, I don't know how Coppola grew up or Pacino. Pacino was a Sicilian child who grew up in New York. He probably had the same kind of. Right. Dense never, life. The Godfather would never be made today because that that experience is, is gone. Well, that's because the Godfather would have to be either a lesbian or a transgendered person. <laughs> My first uh, interview with you, I believe, was called Savage the Enigma. Are you still an enigma <laughs> to who? Who cares? See, that's the I big think to yourself. You were the one. You no, you no I'm not well. an enigma to me. I know. I know who I am. But here's the thing. Nobody gives a damn. I've come to understand a few things in my last well, few somebody years. Does. No, I swear to you, Steve, here's what I've come to understand. A, no one gives a, a damn about the other person. What they think, Matt, don't they don't even care. Everyone is so interested in what they're saying on their phone. They don't care what the other person. No one listens to anyone anymore. They don't listen. They shine you on. 
no matter who you are. I mean, unless your whole life and death over them or you have a check that they need, no one listens to you. No one's listening. Everyone's sending, you know, it's like Dick Tracy with a one way radio. So no one really cares. Am I enigma to who? What's the enigma? I don't know the enigma. What's the enigma? Well, do you think you have a mercurial personality? And if so, is it an advantage or a disadvantage? You know, inside, I'm a pretty quiet person. I get angry. I can get angry pretty quickly, which is not a good trait, which is why I tend to avoid people. I, I, I don't even I go to restaurants and get angry for no reason. If I have to listen to conversation, see, I have a problem. My problem is I hear things 20 feet away. You can call us on the on the autism spectrum. No one's ever analyzed it. I have super sharp hearing, super sharp sense of smell. And I'm very, very, very sensitive to lights and say that's oh, that's autism. No, it isn't. It's called a highly sensitive human being. So if I'm in a restaurant and someone's speaking very loud, I, I can't even eat. First of all, I go to a restaurant. Why do people have to talk loud in a restaurant? There are other people that are going for dinner. So they go in right, yelling. Or, you know, the women have one glass of wine ready. You're out of, and you can't take it. Combine that with a bad perfume. And I could throw up. So I, I avoid people. Well, let me ask you this. This is a good question. Today's immigrants are taught to be victims who hate America. In your youth, they were taught to learn about baseball, to adapt and become Americanized. What hope do we have under this new negative dynamic? Wow. It's an interesting question, Steve. As an immigrant son myself, we all wanted to be American and be accepted by Americans. We try to be Americans. We didn't feel we were losing anything by being Americans. We thought we were gaining. Now, because of the communists in the media and in the schools, the reverse is true. They've been taught to hate the hand that feeds them, hate the land that has succored them. Is there any hope? I can't even answer that question. Steve, I don't know how to project what could happen in this country. But when I see how many children being born out of wedlock, no father. I don't know what the future holds for this country. I don't know how this ever gets fixed. That's the only thing I could say. Well, let, you often have taught, told the story about being at Berkeley in the late 70s, and you were told, essentially, white males need not apply. And yet, I think they did you a favor by creating something that otherwise would not have happened. You would have been mired in uh, academia, probably not very happy. If, if I understand the culture at the University of California, Berkeley, where all of my family went. So hmm. why don't you talk a little bit about it? I'll, I'll make, I'll make it quick. It, it was God's will that I was blocked from becoming a professor, which is all I wanted to be. I mean, I had a top flight PhD. I'd written six books at the time. I should have been given anything I wanted, but because I was a white male, they were hiring anyone but white males. And I thank God, although it cauterized me, because in one radio show, I had more of an audience than I would have had in all my whole life as a professor. Period. Today, with one podcast, I reach more people than any professor in the country reaches through their lifetime. So God did me a favor. Yeah, it, it, it I, I agree with you. It made me angry. And then I got even. It's yeah. that simple. <laughs> Yeah, you sure did, my friend. Well, last question. You're 80 years old. You've seen and experienced pretty much everything. What can you tell America to 
give us something to hold on to because there's not a lot. The Eternals, God, Faith, and Reason, title of one of my books, God, Faith, and Reason, and then on a more material scale, Borders, Language, and Culture. We can hold on to God. God has never changed. People have been through a lot worse than we're going through. Look at what's going on in Ukraine right now. Those poor people, what are they holding on to? I have no idea. Uh, God, faith, and reason. That's all our ancestors had with them, you know, on a wing and a prayer, so to speak. And uh, a nation doesn't exist without its borders, language, and culture. And what's ironic and perturbing to me is that this evil gang, the Biden gang, is risking World War III and spending billions of dollars for the borders, language, and culture of Ukraine, which they glorify daily while peeling our nation open like a sardine can and spitting on our culture. Those are my last words for today. All right. Dr. Michael Savage, 80 years old, been a part of my life uh, for 30 years and been a personal friend for over 10. I thank you very much for giving me 40 minutes of your valuable time. No, no, Steve, the reverse is true. Thank you for, you know, you've written many books and we have known each other. And and I want to thank you for this interview. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye now. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.